what an interesting word, surrender. It's quite an interesting word, and I've learned a lot in the process of surrender throughout my life. And just thought, look at the word surrender for a minute and how the world looks at it and treats it. Surrender is to give up. It also is a sign of losing, of failure, of not winning, of giving your power, your authority over to another. So when all of a sudden you hear somebody say, well, surrender, just surrender. There's a part of us that goes into resistance because we don't want to give our power up. We don't want to give in, in, into a state of losing, of being the one who loses. We want to be the winner. We always want to be ahead. We want to gain. We want to be in charge. And yet, spiritually, we hear it all the time. If you read the Bible, it often talks about surrendering to God in some form or another. If you read a lot of the mystical teachings throughout all different societies, throughout all different religious practices, it also talks about surrender and through that being vulnerable to the movement of God. So when I was 18, I began to look at this word surrender and to understand it for the first time in my life. I had graduated from high school, and it was time now for me to either go to college or go to work. And since there wasn't the money to go to college or to university, I went to work. And I remember three days after graduating, I was out applying for jobs, got a job, went to work one day, the first day of work, and walked in, and... We sat down for orientation, this group of, of myself and a few other people. And the manager of the store came in and said, well, first thing you have to do is you have to uh, surrender your authority over to me. I am now your authority. And I felt right away, I remember so clearly, this wall just go up like, what? <laughs> because to me, surrender meant I lose. No matter what I do, I lose. And I wasn't going to surrender anything. I can remember feeling my resistance set in. Oh, yeah, we'll see who surrenders. Well, the next week was a miserable week because I would resist everything that he would tell me to do. No matter what it was, how simple it was, I would resist. And in that resistance, I would do it my way or I wouldn't do it fully the way he was asking me to do it, just to demonstrate to him that I wasn't going to, to give over to him. I wasn't going to surrender to him the way that he wanted. And in that, he was always coming back at me and saying, well, you haven't done this completely, and you haven't done that right, and you've got to get this right now, or you're going to lose this job. Do you want this job? Then do it my way. Do it the way I'm telling you. And the more he said that, the more I went into resistance because it meant I had to give up. I had to lose something, and he was the winner. And finally he called me into the office. I know this was the day. It was either get right or lose the job. And he sat me down, and he said, Jim, I remember he, he sat on the desk. He didn't sit in the chair he sat in the desk, just a little, I sat on top, just a little higher than, than me and looking down on me. He said, Jim, 
What's wrong? What's going on here? I'm trying to be your friend. I'm trying to help you to learn how to do this job. I'm trying to help you to make your way in the world now so you can make a living. And you seem like you don't want to learn. You don't want to grow. You don't want to understand how to do this. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. So why are you resisting me? Why are you fighting me? Everything I tell you, you do just the opposite. You go into resistance and you fight me. And this isn't about a battle. This isn't a fight. I'm not trying to win over you. I'm not trying to have you lose. I want you to be the winner. And all of a sudden when he said that, I thought, oh my God, maybe I'm misinterpreting what he's saying. Maybe somehow I went into reaction. And so I just honestly told him what was going on. And he said, oh my goodness, I need to change my words. If that happened to you, that's probably happening to other people as well. You're just a good living demonstration of it. You're honest about it. Other people are a little bit more subtle about how they go about resisting me, I can see. But you're not. And that's good because now I understand I've got to change my wording. I've got to change my actions. I've got to change how I support people and maybe not have them feel as though I'm undermining them. And so he said, so what do you want from me that will change our relationship so that you can begin to do things the right way and, and earn a living? And so I just began to tell him, could we move into an action of statement where you're not going to be my authority? You're not taking my power away from me. You're not taking charge of me, but you're going to assist me. You're going to help me. That I could listen to. That's what teachers were for me. And I liked my teachers and I learned from them. But I never had somebody tell me right from the get-go, I'm in charge, I'm the authority, you'd better pay attention to me. And I can see how that put me into resistance. He said, okay, I'll be a teacher. I'll be a teacher for you. I will teach you how to make a living. I will teach you how to survive in the business world. I will be the one who will assist you, but you've got to come to me then and ask questions. And your test every day is going to be whether or not you do what I ask of you to do in a way that supports me and what needs to be done. And I said, okay, I can do that. Well, the very next day I came to work and I was enthusiastic and I was doing and I was fulfilling. And he finally came over and said, Jim, slow down. You don't have to do it all within the hour. You know, you've got eight hours of work here to do. Do it in the eight hours. Don't do it in the first hour and wear yourself out. And so I learned to pace myself. I learned to move into cooperation. And I realized that that's what it was all about. It was about moving into cooperation. Not in resistance and not in have to. Have to isn't cooperation. So then I began to understand and learned how to both receive from others and to give to others in the same action until finally when I became a manager, I did what I could to always invite them in, to support them, to 
be a way shower, if you will, in how to do things that will support the whole group in the store and how to support our dynamic of fulfilling what needs to be done every day. And I found that it worked wonders. People really didn't go into resistance. They came into cooperation. They came into participation. And they did as a group and individually. And we grew and we fulfilled and it was easy. Then there was a day where I met my first physical spiritual teacher. And this was also a time that was very important to me. And it was at the same time I started my first job. It was just a few months after I had started my first job that I met my first physical spiritual teacher, Cash Bateman. Well, I started my first job in June of 67, and I met Cash Bateman in November of 67. And in June of 67 is when I went into resistance, when this boss said he was my boss, he was my authority, he was, I was going to have to give over to him and listen to him and do it his way. And it was about the time that I met Cash that I had come into cooperation and truly was fully moving into surrender, if you will, with the job, with my boss, with my jo- the way my, my career was unfolding. And now all of a sudden I had this new man come into my life who was now the spiritual authority. I had my physical authority who was at work, and now I had this man who was the spiritual authority. And I found that at work, in the physical authority action, I wasn't willing to give my power away, my authority over to somebody else, as much as I was with a person who was my spiritual authority. And when I first met Cash, I was willing just to give my power over to him fully. And he kept resisting it and giving it back to me and not wanting it. And I kept trying to give it more. And the more I tried to give it, the more he slowed me down, calmed me down, set me down, tried to talk to me about, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I don't want your power. I don't want you giving up to me. And all of a sudden I realized in this, in just a very few months, I was seeing both sides of the coin, if you will about surrender. And I learned that I had to find the balance. It's not going to resistance and fight, and it's not to give it all up, but it's to find the balance. And I found the balance within myself, that the full authority rests with me. The full wisdom rests with me. It isn't out in the world. They're not my authority, and they're not my wisdom. And I don't give my power away to anybody, but rather I maintain my centeredness, I maintain my identity, I maintain who I am by maintaining my own power. And what is my power? Loving. I don't give up my power to anyone. I don't give away my loving and stop loving myself and making them first and foremost, and it's up to them to be in loving with me so that I can love myself. 
And that's often what we often do. Then it was years later, in 1984, when I finally met John Roger, who became my next physical spiritual teacher, who was to initiate me on the path of sound and light and give me the five names. And it was when I met him that I went into a whole other process with this whole thing of power and authority and surrender. And it all came to the point of that thing called initiation. And here, since the late 60s, I was looking for somebody who had the five names, who could initiate me with these five names. I was looking, I was searching, I was writing different people that I thought might know something. I was talking to ministers, I was talking to a rabbi, I was talking and looking everywhere. When I finally found it in one source, it turned out that that was not my teacher. So I had to continue on. But it was when I found this person who inwardly and outwardly lined up to be the one to initiate me that I went into another challenge with this whole thing of authority and giving my power away and the source of all of that. And it was very interesting and it may have been for you as well, this whole idea of initiation. Initiation is surrender. It's so many different things, but it is also surrender. It is where we truly give up to God and say, Lord, thy way, thy will, thy loving, thy purpose be done. And assist me in letting go of all those things that attach me, that hold me, that move me in such a way as it causes separation from you. Help me to let go of those things so that I truly live in oneness with you. And I found that when it came time to actually receive my initiation, that I had to do another action of looking at this thing of surrender. Because all the time, from the age of 18, when I started sharing with people, according to how Spirit was moving to me and through me to share, setting up groups in San Antonio, doing my counseling work, doing classes, doing sharings in different uh, groups, such as at universities that would invite me in, I was the authority. Not that I had set myself up as the authority, but it had just automatically opened and grown and become that way. And I found at this point in time where I was going to receive initiation that I was challenged. All of a sudden, I was giving myself up to somebody who I was saying was the authority. This man who was the head of a different organization than what I was doing but that I had joined into because I wanted the five names, I was having to give up to him. I was having to surrender to him and say, no, you're the authority, you're the one with the power of the name, you're the one who can give me the power of the name, and I bow to you, I surrender to you, that I might receive them. And that surrender action was 
doing things in a certain way according to what he was asking his disciples to do in order to live the spiritual journey, to have the spiritual experiences that he was offering, to move towards initiation, to move to inner experience, to move to a balanced life inward and outward. Well, wait a minute. I've been doing it my way. Now I have to do it your way? Why do I have to give up my way and do it your way? That was my challenge. That was what I was having to surrender. My willfulness. So I confronted myself once again. And I looked at what I learned at the age of 18, both with the physical authority of my boss at the job and the spiritual authority with Cash Bateman and seeing the two different polarities having to do with surrender and authority and how I found that I had to bring that together into the centeredness and realize that the loving, the joy, the peace, the authority, the understanding, the direction, the power rest within me, not in the world. But that I, in that action of standing in my truth, in my power, in my loving, can participate with the authority at work and with the authority in my spiritual journey and make choices as to how I'm going to participate and in that come into cooperation and in that have things flow smoothly and move for me in a way that worked. And now I was confronted with yet another challenge of this thing of initiation where it was the greater give up. I was looking and saying, okay, I'm going to, in a sense, bow before you now and receive something from you that I really want. So I'll do all these things you want me to do in order to receive those. Well, at first, I thought I was really surrendering. But I was just playing a game. I was doing the things that were asked of me, yes. But I wasn't doing them in loving. I was doing them dragging my feet or in resistance or saying, oh yeah, well, I'll do it so you know I'm doing it, but I'm not really doing it. Does that make sense? And it wasn't until I finally realized inside of myself that I was in resistance, even in this journey of experiencing and moving towards initiation and waking up to God, I was in resistance. And I thought I was in resistance because I didn't want to give my power away to something that I thought I was having to give my power away to. In truth, I didn't know this man that well. I met him. I talked with him. We had some meals together. But then I didn't see him again for a while. You know, you don't know anybody in just that short a time. I started reading some of his materials. I started listening to his CDs. What he said made sense. But yet I still didn't know him. I didn't know if I trusted him. I didn't know if I believed in him. And I didn't know if I could surrender to him. And then I realized I'm not surrendering to him. 
I'm surrendering to God. I'm surrendering to something that really resides within me. And that I was resisting something that was inside of me. And resisting that is not going to assist me in my journey. So I began to look at things differently. And I began to see where I went into resistance and cooperation within that which was requested of me on the outer with my spiritual teacher, John Roger, as well as within myself. And I had set up a lot of boundaries, a lot of rules, a lot of ways that I was to live my life in order to be spiritual, to live my life in order to be successful in the world and in myself. And they all worked. And I knew how to work them and make them work well. But they also had a lot of rules and demands and commands and ways about them that didn't work because they limited me. And these were certain ways of thinking and feeling and doing. Finally, I had to surrender to myself, to my weakness, to my strengths, to my power. Finally, I had to surrender to God inwardly and to God outwardly in the world. And in that surrender, I found a great sense of peace. It was a give up. I just gave up fully. And I had done this one other time before when I was 18 years old of just give up fully to God. And that's when everything opened up. The doors opened, the light came in, the way came forward, and I began to walk it. And I walked it and walked it until finally I had forgotten what started the journey. I had forgotten how I had to give up to God in order to begin to walk at all. I had to give up to the fact that we don't have the money. You can't go to college. You can't go to university. We need you to go to work. You've got to start paying your way now. And I had to give up to that. But in a greater way, I also had to give up when God was coming to me and saying, we want you now to go out at the age of 18 and begin to share what you know spiritually with others. Share with them and assist them in their own journey quest. We don't want you to become anything other than just one who assists in others' journeys. And when money started coming in and I couldn't spend it on myself, I really had to give up because that was a big one. I wanted that money. I needed that money. That answered a lot if I could have spent that money on myself. And I had to give up. And that all happened in just a few months. But in giving that up over and over, just giving up, giving up, all of a sudden a door opened, a way came forward, and I began to walk it, and it was wonderful. But after a while, for myself, if I don't stay present, I kind of go to sleep. I get into a routine, I get into a habit, I get into a ritual, I just get into the doing, and I forget why I'm here, why I'm doing it this way. And I realized several times in my journey that 
I had to remember. I had to keep remembering. I had to keep reminding myself, why am I here? Why am I really doing this? Why do I want to do this today? And not just live into the routine of it. And I was at that crossroads once again when I was about ready to get initiated. Because I had to give up. I had to give up this routine, this way about my life that had become habitual of just the doing and not remembering why I was doing, what inspired me, what gave me authority, what gave me the impetus to do. And when I gave up at that moment before initiation, when I surrendered, Truly everything, everything, everything in crystalline form just shattered. And I remembered that happening once again when I was 18 years old. I remember so clearly things in my consciousness, things in my awareness just shattering like a piece of crystal and all these shards just falling to the ground and me standing clear for a moment, free for a moment, not confined. And that's what this pathway is about. Continuing to let go of all those things, all those beliefs that stand between us and God, letting them go so that we do not build up these crystallizations in our consciousness and in our lives, in our actions and in our reactions that confine us, that constrict us, that hold us back from truly living in freedom and in loving and in truth and in centeredness. So the one thing for you to always remind yourself of is why am I doing what am I doing? Excuse me, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Why am I doing this? Why am I meditating? Why am I going to work? Why am I married? Why do I have kids? Why am I doing this? And keep reminding yourself why it is that you chose this pathway, why it is you're choosing into this pathway today, this pathway of your life, this pathway of initiation, this pathway of your career. Why? I remember a few years ago sitting down with a man who was a lawyer and talking with him. And he was really challenged in his life. He hated everything about his life. He hated his wife. He hated his children. He hated his job. He hated his boss at the office, the law offices. He hated himself. He hated everything. And I said, so how did you get into this place where you hate everything so much? Why didn't you marry your wife if you hate her? Why did you have children if you hate children? Why did you become a lawyer if you hate being a lawyer? Why do you hate yourself? What is the source of this hate? And he thought for a minute and he said, it's all the same. It's all boring. It's all routine. 
There's no vitality. There's no life to it. I am bored. I'm bored at work. It's just hard work now. And it's all about making money. And with my wife and with my children, it's all about supporting them and making money and they want more. And I'm tired of myself hating my job and hating this and hating that. I don't like this who I am. And I said, so why did you marry your wife? And he thought for a minute and he says, well, to be honest, we were at a restaurant and we were sitting there and I looked across the restaurant and I saw this couple and they were so much in love and you could see it. And they were laughing and they were having a good time and you could tell they really loved each other. And that all of a sudden hit me and I said, I want that for myself. And at that same moment that I said, I want that, I proposed to this lady that was with me and we got married. And somehow I thought that it was all going to be loving like I saw over there. And she loves me. I know she loves me now more than ever. But I can't say I ever fell in love with her, really. I fell in love, I think, with that, which I saw across the room somewhere. And I'm still hoping somehow that we'll have that. And it all began to unravel for him. And he realized something. Everything that he was doing in his life was based on chasing after what he saw taking place in other people's lives and that he wanted for himself. But he had never stopped to see what did he want for himself and build his life from there. It was built on what he had seen in the outer, not what he knew to be true in the inner. So he began a journey, a journey of discovery of what does he want in his life and move towards that fulfillment of that. Three or four years later, he called me up and he said, Jim, I found the answer. I know what I want now. And I said, well, that didn't take too long, did it? He says, no, no, actually, I knew it in six months but it took me this long to finally get it. And I said, so what are you doing now? And he says, well, I'm a lawyer. And I said, well, are you married to the same woman? He says, oh my God, yes, I would never leave her. And I said, and so do you like your family? Do you like your children? Are you enjoying your life? And he says, oh my God, it is wonderful. He says, this is the best I could have ever asked for. And I said, so what changed? You haven't changed your job. You haven't changed your wife. You haven't given away your kids. And I know you didn't give up yourself. He says, oh, yes, I did. He said, I said, what? He said, yes, I did. I gave up myself. I just stopped and I gave myself up. I said, I don't know the answer. I don't know what I want. And he says, I said, he said, no, he said, I went to a Catholic church, and he wasn't Catholic. He said, I went to a Catholic church, and I knelt before the altar, and I looked up at the crucifix, and I said, I give up. 
Just like you gave up and allowed yourself to be crucified, I give up. Crucify me, if you will, that I might get up off my cross of my sick self and stand free. And he said, you know what? When I left that church, my life changed. And I said, did you become a Catholic? He says, well, funny you said that because I did. I did become a Catholic because I found that I needed something in, the, in my life that gave me routine and ritual and outer focus to hold to the inner. And that experience was so moving to me in that church, I just wanted to honor it. He says, I'm not a good Catholic, but I'm a Catholic. But I am a good man. And I am doing a good life. And I am doing it spiritually, the best I know how. And I all did it by giving up. So if there's a place in your life where you're in resistance and you're having a hard time and you're still trying to make it happen your way, maybe it's time to find a way to move to that place of giving up, to surrender, to let go. You know, Brian said it so well. Maybe it's not so much let go and let God as it is let God and let go. And that's a really a true statement. It's not let go and let God because I'll tell you, you're not going to let go that easily and then let God. We won't give our authority away to something that easily. But it is easier to let God and then let go. Let God begin to enter into your life. Let God begin to participate with you. Let God begin to share with you and show you and demonstrate to you both inwardly in your meditation and outwardly in your daily life. And believe me, with that action, you're going to let go. You'll let go more and more of the way you think it's supposed to be and allow it to be the way it is in God's loving, in God's time, in God's way. So I guess that's a roundabout way to get to that statement. But hopefully in that sharing, you'll hear or know or see something about yourself. I'm still learning every day about letting God and letting go, about letting go and letting God, about surrendering. But every time and every day that I do the surrender, that I give up to God, Everything just unfolds, and I go into peace, and then I can get up and go do the day. And where do I do the surrendering? Right when I wake up, right when I start my meditation. And I meditate as soon as I get up. And immediately, that's my surrender. You first, God. That's my surrender. I'm not going to put things before God. Find how you can surrender to that place of loving inside yourself. I call it God. Maybe you call it something else. Whatever it is, surrender. It's not defeat. It's not losing. I'll end it this way. This is kind of a strange way to end it. I remember one time my brother and I were talking. And he had come home after a big football game 
where his it was at school at high school, and he was 13 years older than me, so you know he was in high school and I was just beginning, and he was all upset that they had lost. This was the big one. They were going to go to state if they hadn't lost this game. But they lost, and he was so depressed and so feeling defeated. And we were talking, and my father came in, and he sat down, and he could see that my brother Gene was really upset. And he said, so you lost, right? And he, my, my brother said, well, you were there. You know we lost. And my, my dad said, well, you know, Sometimes the ones who are defeated are the victors. They come out the winners in, in the long run. And I'll give you two examples. Japan and Germany. My brother said, what? My, brothers, my, my dad said, well, you know, I was in World War II. I went out and we fought the good war. and We won. We won in both arenas. And those that had to surrender, those that were defeated, those that were the losers, they looked terrible when they lost. They looked poor and sad and somber because they were defeated and we were the victorious and we were celebrating. But look at them today. They are the winners. Out of defeat, they have risen anew. And they have won. And their countries are better off now than they were before the war. And the ones that defeated them built them up. Now, if you can find the way to do that inside yourself, you'll always come out the winner. You don't have to be the defeated and the poor and the lost. Do it for yourself. And don't let anybody defeat you. And don't let anything defeat you. And don't let anything put you down. Well, I didn't remember that till years later. My brother and I were talking and he began to share with me what supported him and what helped him to keep taking steps forward. And it was that conversation. Every time he felt defeated, he looked at it and says, nope, I'm going to rise out of this as a victor. And he did. He always did. So I'll end it right there and leave it at that for you to figure out the rest for yourself.